Welcome to the latest edition of our Fixed Interest podcast series. I'm Stephen Schwartz, head of Asia-Pacific Sovereign Ratings at Fitch. We recently affirmed Korea's AA- rating with a stable outlook, notwithstanding the challenges posed by the coronavirus on Korea's export-dependent economy. Indeed, along with a handful of its North Asian neighbors, Korea has actually outperformed its rating peers on growth, and it has done so with only modest fiscal support. Here to explain this and what accounts for Korea's success is Jeremy Zook, a director and lead analyst for Korea on our Asia-Pacific Sovereigns team. Welcome, Jeremy. Could you tell us more about Korea's economic outlook for this year and next? Hi, Steve. Great to be here with you. We forecast Korea's economy to contract by 1.1% in 2020. And while this is a large contraction for Korea, the magnitude of the contraction is considerably less than in most AA peers, where we expect a median contraction of 7.6%. The reason for this less severe contraction largely comes down to Korea's quite effective containment strategy for the coronavirus, which has kept case numbers low without necessitating a severe lockdown, as well as its policy response. After contracting in the first half of the year, we do expect that growth recovered in the third quarter and expect a gradual recovery through next year on the basis of resilient domestic demand and a continued rebound in exports. We expect Korea's economy to expand by 3.7% in 2021. Of course, this outlook is subject to quite considerable downside risks depending on the evolution of the virus both domestically and globally. Okay, thanks. Uh, Korea is a trade-oriented economy, of course, sitting at the very front end of global supply chains. It publishes some of the earliest monthly trade indicators, which serve as a bellwether of Asian trade trends. What are the latest trade indicators telling us? Korea's economy is highly dependent on exports, and exports fell sharply during the height of coronavirus-related shutdowns globally in April and May. Exports plunged by about 25% year-over-year during those months. Since that time, however, we have seen a gradual recovery in export levels, and the latest data, in fact, shows that exports have recovered to pre-coronavirus levels in September, up nearly 10% relative to September of 2019. So clearly we're seeing some quite positive signals on the export front for Korea. Korea has benefited from the fact that the economy of its largest trading partner, China, has been the strongest performer globally. Korea has also benefited from the fact that that its exports have generally been in somewhat higher demand during the coronavirus pandemic. With the widespread shift to working from home in many offices, demand for computers, other electronics, and semiconductors has been quite strong. Semiconductor exports continue to strengthen, and we do expect that the general outlook for semiconductors to remain positive, given ongoing investments in 5G technology. There are clear downside risks to this, however, and that's really related to the technological decoupling between the United States and China, and most recently, the U.S. placed restrictions on the export of semiconductors to a Chinese firm, Huawei. 
The biggest market for Korea's semiconductors is by far China, and so a continued decoupling on this front could really have quite considerable implications for Korean semiconductor exporters such as Samsung and SK Hynix. Okay, let's turn now to the policy front. Uh, What's been done so far, and do we expect more by the way of stimulus? Korea's fiscal response to the coronavirus shock has been adequate in our view. But again, the response has been quite modest compared to other AA peers. And this really reflects Korea's less severe economic contraction. The government in 2020 has passed four supplementary budgets amounting to about 3.5% of GDP, providing financial support for households and businesses among a slew of other measures. The government plans to keep fiscal policy relatively loose under its 2021 budget proposal. Our own forecast is that the deficit will narrow slightly to 3.7% of GDP in 2021. We estimate that government debt to GDP as a result will rise to about 44% in 2020, up from 38% last year. This is a fairly substantial deterioration, but it's largely in line with AA peers. On the monetary policy front, the Bank of Korea has undertaken a number of policy measures, including 75 basis points of rate cuts to a benchmark policy rate of 0.5% and a wide range of programs to support financial market and foreign exchange liquidity. We expect that the Bank of Korea will cut rates by another 25 basis points in 2020 and launch a limited asset purchase program. Okay, now lastly, what are the main risks and challenges to the outlook that we're watching for? Here I want to highlight two key risks for Korea. First, on medium-term economic and fiscal challenges, and second, on geopolitical issues. The first risk has related economic growth and fiscal impacts over the medium term, stemming largely from the fact that Korea is one of the most rapidly aging populations in the world. The decline in working age population will put quite significant downward pressure on Korea's economic growth potential over this time. The current government under President Moon Jae-in is responding to this challenge by undertaking quite a more active approach to the use of fiscal policy to make investments to boost productivity growth. Whether this higher investment will actually result in higher productivity growth needed to offset the hit from the declining workforce is quite uncertain and yet to be seen. Population aging will also lead to significant spending pressures on the fiscal side. And with these higher debt to GDP ratios, managing these rising fiscal expenditures could become a challenge over the longer term. Shifting now to geopolitics, trade tensions between the U.S. and China are key risks that for Korea's outlook. These tensions weighed heavily on Korea's export performance in 2019, and as mentioned with the Huawei issue, could remain a risk going forward. North Korea is also an omnipresent risk for South Korea. Diplomatic efforts have stalled over the past year, and prospects for a deeper integration of inter-Korean relations appear dim in the near term. North Korea has launched several provocative actions though they have fallen short of a sharp escalation in tensions. Okay, well, thank you, Jeremy, for sharing these thoughts on Korea. For listeners who are keen to hear more about Korea's outlook, please watch our Fitch on Korea webinar. Registration and playback details are available on the events page of our website at fitchratings.com. 
Thanks again for listening. We hope you'll join us for the next edition of Fixed Interest.